This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is the Miller Report with Suzanne Miller on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And now, here's Suzanne Miller. Welcome to the Miller Report. I'm Suzanne Miller. This is Amir Karangi. Hi. Hi. So, Amir, I have to tell you, I am so happy that you agreed to do this. First of all, we love doing this, and we want to get the word out. Yeah. But more importantly, when I started out in real estate, I used to buy the New York Times. Yeah. The New York Times was the real estate section, was the Bible. And it was the highest grossing section for them believe it or not. $25,000 for a quarter of a page ahead. And you were not a developer or anybody in real estate if you were not in the New York Times real estate section. Right. But today, 2023, we've got Amir who founded The Real Deal. And the truth is, if you're anybody or any player in the city, in Chicago, San Francisco, LA, New York, Miami, you got to be in the real deal. Right. I get my information from the real deal. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Well, you know, we started it 20 years ago. In fact, uh, this coming month, it'll be 20 years that we started the real deal. And the reason why I started it was because there was not this one thing that covered real estate universally. There was things that covered mortgage specifically, residential specifically, but nothing that covered the whole universe of real estate. And we always thought that it all goes hand in hand. I mean, you can't understand you know, how residential is doing without knowing how commercial and retail are doing and vice versa. So for us, the idea was to, you know, create this news atmosphere where we're providing all this news for investors and players in the real estate industry to get a full picture of the market. And that was the best way to do it. And luckily we were right. So that, that helped out. Wow. And because, you know, when we started, there was no, no such thing as real estate journalism. And you mentioned the New York Times. And I used to read the New York Times real estate section. And they didn't have a dedicated real estate editor or reporter. They would use reporters right. and editors from other sections, right. even though it was the highest grossing section for them. And they didn't have a dedicated, somebody who really understood real estate. And when we started, we would coach people on the lingo and you know who the players are and how the deals get done. So we educated all, all of our reporters and editors to understand that. And as a result, you know, we became a, sort of a recruiting ground for the bigger papers like the Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg and places. You know, I have 26 former reporters at the Wall Street Journal. Amazing. Now. Yeah. I mean, well, congratulations. It is the Bible of real estate. It Thank truly you. is. Yeah. You cannot build or know what's going on unless you're reading the real deal. So. I appreciate that. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. So being that you are the professional and we're trying to bring the power players on this show, the most important thing right now is artificial intelligence. Are we seeing what's going on in this city, yeah. in the world? I mean, are we would all, all be replaced between artificial intelligence and working from home. Yeah. Are the cities in any dire straits that we're not, no one's going to be able to, no one's going to come to work and we'll have empty cities? What do there, you see? There's a real concern for urban cores all over, not just New York, but just urban cores. I mean, the idea of being in the city was because you wanted to be close to your job and you wanted to be where the action is. And, you know, the pandemic and the work from home sort of changed that, but it wasn't supposed to be permanent. And it's still lingering. The pandemic is long over yes. and people are still in their pajamas at home. 
And because productivity has remained somewhat normal, nobody's really forcing their people to come back to work. And as a result, the cities are really suffering because of it. Now, New York is obviously in a different league, but because it has so much commercial office space. You have 500 million square feet of commercial office space. We're going space. to talk about the commercial, and that's a very big subject, sure. I get that, but I, I really want to understand what you think about how artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. and, because people are coming back to work. Yeah. They are, you see, the, you know, the first layoffs are going to be people you don't see, don't yeah. you agree? If you're going to, we have layoffs now, sure. and if you don't see your person that you work for, like you're going to be the first to be laid off, no? Yeah, and the young people are going to suffer the most. You yes. Know, because imagine coming out of college or, you know, have, being in your early part of your career and not interacting with people outside of your Zoom meetings, right? Like a lot of, you know, we run an operation with 100 people and there's so many times that you meet people around the office that you're like, hey, I like that person. That person would be good for this other thing. That whole dynamic is out the window because the only time I see that person if I see them as a person who's managing their managers, it's because they're in some dedicated Zoom meeting. It's not because we just happen to be at the water fountain or I see them walking around the office or any of that, all of that dynamic is out. Now there's a different dynamic out there. We'll see how that's gonna impact, you know, especially young people. But mentioning AI, you know, AI first came for farm jobs, you know, and we were like, wow, look, our farming has expedited and look how, how much more farming we can do. And then they came for the manufacturing jobs and now it's come for white collar jobs. In fact, you know, 85% of the manufacturing jobs that got lost from 2000 to 2012, 85% were due to machination. It wasn't because you know some immigrant came and took these jobs away. It was because of machines that those manufacturing jobs got lost. And now AI is come for the, off, the middle manager and office workers. I, I was having a meeting with this senior accounting firm and it was one of the senior partners. And I asked him about it, I was like, look, I'm putting in stuff into ChatGPT and it's giving me decent stuff. It's giving me the framework. He was like, I know. He said, if I had a client that came to me and said, I live in New York, my wife's in Colorado and we have to, we have a place in Florida. What are the tax implications? He was like, I could get you that answer. We have this global accounting firm. We could get that answer for you. But I would have to go to multiple partners and have to talk to people outside of this office and get you that answer. It would probably take us a few days. This is a global accounting firm. He was like, now you could put that request into ChatGPT. It'll create the framework for you. And what might have taken two, three days for me to get an answer for you, now I can do in a few hours. And that's the result of removing people out of the equation, right? So there's a lot of people who are not in that equation anymore. And he was saying like, yes, you know, maybe some of these offices and headquarters would be 3,000 people. We still need accountants. But instead of 3,000, maybe we'll need 500 or 600. So it's going to affect the cities is what you're really saying. It's, it's going to affect but you, the yeah, The chat, this open chat, I mean, it's really going to be the new search engine for Google. Mm -hmm. So Google at least gave us options and we had to think we went on different, you know, we decided what we wanted. Mm -hmm. Chat is going to give us only one solution. So we're going to become lazy. Our brains won't work. Yeah, it's like a calculator. But now the first version of it that came out, they were running out of money. ChatGPT was running out of money. And they were like, we got to put this out there. Right. And it wasn't fully ready to be out there. And that's why it was always at capacity. And it couldn't take all, you couldn't go there at all times because it was constantly at capacity. And they were like, we got to put this thing out there. And when they did put it out there, it became a phenomenon. And people were like, wow, this is the Google killer app, right? This, you exactly. don't need Google. And they've already immediately started to update it. Now, this ChatGPT version that's out there, ChatGPT3, it has 175 billion parameters that it draws from to give you the answers that you put in the prompt for. 
And the next version is going to have 16 trillion parameters. You could put in a prompt that says, write a story about Susan Miller, who works at WABC, and make it a novel and make it 60,000 words. And it could spit that out. So imagine that whole process is going to be machined. You because know? I, I was thinking about it in pretty much every job, whether it's a judge, an attorney, a doctor, a surgeon, they all have to read and write. Yeah. So this is going to replace what? Everybody's going to be replaced? We still need people. What happens if something goes wrong, like air traffic well, makes it, a mistake? Like, we can't depend on this. Well, the fact we have to accept it. This is like being in 1994 and denying the internet. This is happening. The people who are out there who are professionals, they have to figure out how they can use this thing because those who learn how to use it earlier, they're going to have the advantage. They're going to have the edge. But to deny the fact that it's going to get better and better and better, that's not going to help anybody. But there, you know, you mentioned search. Now the idea of search is out the window. We're not going to search for things. We're going to ask for. We're going to give prompts. So it's that whole the vocabulary is changing too. Yes. So you're going to give the machine prompts and it's going to spit back results for you. And now they've updated it where you said that at least you knew what you were getting. As of I think a week ago or two weeks ago, they updated it so that it tells you the links that it's drawing from. So when you give it a prompt, it tells you I'm drawing from these six links and this is where I got this answer for you from. It's just, it's remarkable. It's a new age. So what do you think is going to happen to the real estate brokers, the mortgage brokers? I just saw Wells Fargo is just laying off a thousand people in the mortgage department. Right. So we're all going to be replaced? I feel like humans always find the means for themselves, right? Like, you know, technology has come in significant ways and we've always managed to find a need for ourselves, which is great. But, you know, I, I, there was somebody was talking about how there was this chart and the chart talks about how every species sort of travels a distance and how what their ability is and how much energy they use. And at the top of the list was the condor, right? It uses, it has the highest ability. It uses the least amount of energy to go a distance. And at the bottom, sort of the middle bottom was the human, right? And so, but once you Little add, human? The, hu <laughs> the human race was in the middle bottom. But once you add the tool of the wheel, to the human, it becomes number one. So all of a sudden it becomes more able and uses less energy to become a number one. And I feel the same thing for ChatGPT. At the end of the day, the AI is a tool that's gonna to just make us better. Yes, you might not need certain jobs, but you're gonna have new jobs. Like right now in my company, if 10 years ago you told me, Amir, you're gonna have eight full stack developers and four people managing your social media, I would be like, you're out of your mind. I don't need those people. I'll have my right. secretary do it. But this, you know, now you realize there's all these new jobs that you never accounted for, you never even thought of before that you're hiring for. So I feel like the jobs are going to change, the well, positions that, are going to change. Maybe that's good news. Maybe they could fill up some of these commercial buildings that are becoming vacant. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I understand that there's 52% vacancy in the office buildings, and mm -hmm. now we have the rent stabilization and all these multifamily buildings. The loans are coming due in the next year. Yeah. What do you see about that? I feel like the commercial office space is going to be a bloodbath. And <sighs> if you see the big players, they're shedding their sort of 
anything that's not prime AAA commercial office space, they're trying to shed it, right? Because those are going to be hard to carry. There's, you can't justify it. What about repurposing them and making them residential like One World Trade Center did? Right. So it's residential. I don't think One World. One, uh, one uh, Wall Street. Yes, One Wall Street. But I believe the study that happened showed that there's only less than 5% of the commercial buildings that are suitable for residential. So that's not a solution. Because of the lighting and the zoning? Why? Uh, lighting and zoning. And, you know, I looked at the mayor's plan. He has a task force to put this together. And unfortunately, the only solutions that I saw in there were to rezone things and to allow for conversions to be easier to be pushed through. But that's not going to be a long-term solution. But to put it into this perspective, if you have 500 million square feet of commercial office space, and you said that there's 50%. That's 51. 51, but it's a lot higher than that. That's Those are Class A office buildings that Castle tracks. There's the Class B, Class C that's not included in that. So what do you think are, the number is? I think it's a lot higher than that. I think it's like closer to 70% or if not empty. higher. Empty. 70% empty. That's not being used. In New York. That's what I estimate. I don't know. It just based on my number, I'm in a Class B office building, mm-hmm. and I see the people Makes who sense. are in there. And I just for my own office, you know, we have a 100% company, and the number of people who come in. Why can't we just get people back to work? Why can't we? You see what Andy Jasmine tried to get the people back, and the people just for three days, and they gave them Andy Jesse, back. Yeah, he was. The hard part is that productivity remained the same or better. Mm. So people are not that. forcing it. People aren't forcing it, you know? And it's always, there's certain jobs that you have to show up for, but there's a lot of jobs that you just don't need to have people in the office. Like to have my engineers in the office, there's absolutely no need for that. It's easier for them to show their work on the computer to me. It's easier. I don't need to see them on a regular daily basis. I would love to have my newsroom back. I, I would love to you have all my editors. people work better when they see each other and they talk to each other and they have coffee and they more morale? You don't I, think... I love those days. I love them too. I think it's just different dynamics. I think it, those were great dynamics and these have different good positives and different dynamics. Personally, myself... I go to the office, you know, and, yes. I, and I tell the younger kids, the ones who are starting their careers or early in their careers, that you have great advantage by being near the boss and by being near your exactly. managers. You know, you can interact with them. Have you ever promoted somebody you haven't seen? No, you know, you, you just don't have that relationship. Right. You know, it's easier to let people go when your only connection with them is on exactly. Zoom as well. So you think the answer to this vacant commercial space and all these loans coming due is just to have a bloodbath and lower the prices? And who's the buyer? Yeah. Who's going to fetch this, these great deals up? There's somebody, I don't think the buyers are the problem. There's always going to be somebody who's interested in this stuff. I mean, I think the group that can come up with the use for these buildings, that's going to be the key thing. Artificial intelligence, robots will maybe, take over. <laughs> maybe. But like, you know, people, I think you have a shortage of schools in this city. So that could be one use. But again, that's not going to account for... 100 million square feet of commercial office space, right? But you find multiple different uses for it, and maybe you can put a dent into it or come up with different solutions to help. But one thing you can do, you know, building, a lot of people don't realize it's a living organism, right? If you let it sort of sit there empty and it's not being maintained, it's going to rot. And it's going to rot the things next to it. And, you know, they're all connected. You go to a city block and the buildings are all connected to each other. So, you know, when one building in the middle rots, it's going to cause, even if the other ones are being used from the inside, it's not good for the city to have empty buildings sitting there. In fact, in China, they just took down, if those developments that they've built, you know, they built a lot of housing, made a lot of money for the developers, but nobody ended up buying them and nobody ended up using them. So in China, if nobody's using them or, or if they're at a certain capacity, they're knocking those buildings down. 
they refuse to have. So you're saying it's a ripple effect. It will and, have a ripple and, effect, and, and that we need to find some use if we can't get people back. But you think that there's a price that people will? I mean, somebody's going to buy these. You think there's cash out there that they'll be? If you look at Hudson up? Yards, they're still getting high commercial office rents, right? 120, 130 dollars a foot. Yeah, and but it's a new stock of buildings, and there's always that percentage in the upper stratosphere that right. wants to be in the best of the best. And I feel like when those people at that very top level will be fine. The stock of buildings that are AAA office buildings, they're going to be fine. You look at one Vanderbilt and you look at best. Hudson Yards and those guys are doing fine. What's not doing fine is Park Avenue and Lexington and the commercial office buildings there and all the B and C buildings. But it's not just them. It's sort of the ripple effect that you mentioned. It's the retail that's there to support that. that. And it's everything else that's connected to that. And it, you know, it'll have a long tail to it, which will be bad for the city. You know, 50% of New York City's taxes are from property taxes. And you know, if that dips even by 10%, you know, our costs in the city, our budget just keeps going this way. We never say, hey, we're spending less money this year than last year. It always goes up. So if our tax basis drops by 10, 15%, because these property owners are like, hey, good luck, I can't pay for just this. Just give the keys back. Yeah. Use that good guy clause. So it's not just the real estate owners and the, the guys who own these buildings, it's gonna have the impact on the city. We need that tax dollars. Well, we also city. need the corporations to stay. We need the people to stay. 450,000 people left New York City in the yeah. last two years, yeah. of which 20% made over a million dollars. How do we get them back? Yeah, it's usually people who can afford to move that move, right? It's people who can't, people who don't have the means, they're not gonna move. So those 450,000 people really hurt the city, you know? And I think the mayor has done a great job of saying that we want those people to stay. Let's, let's make it easy for those guys to stay. We don't want those people to leave. And we just gotta get city council on board to sort of play along a little bit, you know, and appreciate these guys. I, and do we, what? What can we offer them to stay? I'm almost 50 years old. I don't have time to wait around for city council or for a generation to go through mm -hmm. for the city council to realize what a mistake they've made. You know, like they need to realize this stuff now. And what people in the city need to do is they need to get involved and vote. In the last mayoral elections, you only had 23% of the eligible voters come to the polls. That's only 23% of the eligible voters. We could really make an impact if everybody showed up to vote. And the sad part is that, you know, it's, I meet educated, sophisticated people who don't vote. You know, that's a, and, but they have a lot of opinions about how to, to fix the city. But the one thing that they can do to make a difference, which is to vote, they don't do it. They don't make the time to do and it. And law and order. Law and order. Well, that's, we need law and order. But we have a police mayor, so hopefully that will <laughs> he'll be able to do something about that. So back to the retail, which is the biggest issue with the offices. So who do you think is going to take those spaces? One out of three stores are empty. You go yeah. to Bleecker Street, you go, you go to Third Avenue, Madison Avenue. But well, this before the pandemic. This has been going on a long time. Yeah, I think Madison Avenue has picked up a lot. So has Bleecker, but they had to drop their rents. Right. You know, so, I mean, the rents for retail were not sensible. I mean, you had brands taking space on Madison Avenue, losing. Like, what store opens up a shop knowing that they're going to lose money because their rent is so high? But they did it because they had to be on Madison Avenue. But now that they've dropped the prices, it's allowing for other businesses to be able to come in there and, like, you know, take space. And hopefully, it'll encourage more people to open up shop. But I feel like, actually, retail is having some sort of a comeback right oh, now. Oh, that's great news. Yeah. So you think the retail is going to be okay, the offices and the small buildings will take a bloodbath. Yeah. 
And but there will be an end user for those. I hope so. I think there's going to be new industries popping up. I mean, ChatGPT just came. OpenAI, the whole idea of artificial intelligence, the way it is right now, we understand it, just popped up like two and a half months ago. They'll was, need space. They'll need space. Those They're, robots are big. Immediately, people are throwing billions of dollars into this. There's going to be new industries. Love there's it. going to be new companies. And hopefully, those people will feel like they need to be in New York because there's so much talent here. I have offices across the country. I put an ad for an employee in New York City. I'll have 50 people who are called. Out of those 50, 20 of them are qualified. 10 of them are amazing. Well, they're getting their resumes from ChatGPT. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> but then I do the same ad in Miami. Three people apply. Two of them don't qualify. That one might show up, might not show up. It's a different atmosphere for employment. So, you know, for companies to say, I'm going to go to Miami and, you know, open up an office there, they don't account for the fact that there's the talent pool in Miami is very low. Nothing's like New York City. We have the best hospitals. The best jobs are here. We have four seasons. Yeah. This is the best city. I you think know, this so. It really is the best restaurants. So I would have to fix it. And I love that you're doing such a great job telling the story, getting everybody on board. And you could really be the conduit to yeah. tell us how to make it a little better, which is why we want just to vote. Do. I think people should just vote. You know, that would be the beginning to help. You know, if if you had like a majority of the people in the city vote and then you still elected the politicians you did, then you can account for it. Then you can say, OK, it's time to leave. But if you only had a fifth of the people who were eligible to vote not vote, I mean, you know, the rest of the people didn't vote. You know, there's hope. There's a lot of change. we So can let's do. do that in the real deal. Let's just uh, we'll roll up our sleeves and <laughs> we'll go door to door. Let's do it. OK, thank, right. you. thank you. Thank you so much. Amir. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.